Welcome to this week's episode of Sports Girls Podcast. I'm your host Denise O'Flaherty and joining me this evening is our regular pundit Limerick's own Adrian O'Sullivan. Sully, hard luck to Westmead but you've had a great year in the hurling, getting promoted and also getting to the Joe McDonough Cup Final and the last date of the All-Ireland. Look, I don't think there was any hard luck in it really, you know. Uh, I think Lee showed yesterday that they were the, the best team in the Joe mm. McDonough by, I suppose, flying the flag for the McDonough teams and knocking Dublin out of the championship. Yeah. Um, they were a better side last Sunday in Cove Park. There's no two ways about it. They've, as I was talking about it yesterday, it's very unusual to have a team from the so-called second tier yeah. where you can literally rattle off all their forwards' names. So, Rax King, Chad Wire, Picky Maher, Willie Dunphy, Aaron Dunphy. Like, they just roll off the top of your tongue. The lads who are draw seats with giving campaigners and things like that. And, Look, they were a top-class side, and so they were too good for Sunday day. Uh, yesterday, look, yesterday was what it was, you know, playing Cork. Uh, we ran into a serious challenge. It's very yeah. difficult to, I suppose, pick the guys up after after losing on the Sunday and go out again. It's a slightly different dynamic if you've won to try and drive That's it on another limit yeah. again. And, and look, Cork are a serious side. Uh, they were frightening up close. Just their athleticism, their, their strength, uh, the speed they moved the ball, their skill levels. Uh, it was a real, real lesson, you know. So, yeah, look, I suppose once the dust settles down, we'll uh, we'll have agreed that we had a good season, you know, getting promotion and getting to the final. But, look, all our lads are, are real competitors and are, are real winners and they won't be happy having, I suppose, finished the week on a, or the year, I suppose, on a slightly lower note. But, look, it's sports. We can regroup. We'll take a few weeks off and the planning has started for next season already. You just have to go again and drive it on again. That's it. forward to it again after a couple of weeks off, you know. That's it, exactly. We'll talk about uh, Camogie now and we'll go through the results over the last two weekends and then talk about things. Saturday the 29th of June in the Senior Group 1, Kilkenny 217, Offaly 27, Limerick 118, Wexford 110 and then in Group 2, Tipperary 411, Waterford 214. The start of the Waterford this game is right up there with the best Camogie games I've ever seen, best hurling games I've ever seen. Mm. It was just a rip-roaring game from start to finish. Uh, two top teams, which I think it's fair to call Waterford yeah. and Tipperary, you know, just going at it. Uh, Liz's refereeing has left it slow um, and some outstanding individual performances. Um, you, know, you could name 20 players, but it really turned into a bet Carton versus Caught the Van. Yeah. Um, and look, you know, I think the All-Star selectors really are filling four other jerseys, aren't they, already, even at this stage of the year, like them two are nailed on to win again. They've just been absolutely outstanding from every first minute of the championship to, to this weekend as well. Two of them were brilliant again. And yeah, outstanding game. Watford, I suppose, they'll rue the four goals. I mean, it's not yeah. often you score 214 in Camogie and lose. Um, do you know, uh, it was one of the highest scores of the weekend. Um, and, and to be beaten. But they conceded two early goals and two early that goals. That was it, yeah. The second half and spent the whole game battling to, to come back. But look. Waterford, I know Donald is a, is a proud man and a competitor as well, and he won't be happy with the defeat. But you have to be happy with the level of performance they produced, and look, there's some cracking young players coming up as well. So fair play to them, I suppose. The the Offaly Kilkenny game, uh, like the scoreline doesn't do Offaly justice. I think uh, I was at the Galway game when they played, and 
they were they took a heavy beating and Galway were full value for it. I don't feel like Kilkenny were ten points to better yeah. than Offaly last Saturday. Um, some bizarre refereeing in that game as well. I thought um, I've been kind of so soft on referees last couple of weeks in the podcast. Mm. Saying levels have improved and stuff like that, but some mind-boggling decisions in that game and two red cards. Like, so you very rarely see two red cards in hurling games. Yeah. Never mind in Camogie. There wasn't a, a bad blow struck in that game. The two red cards is just. I don't know. It's just terrible. Uh, but look, Offaly will be happy that they competed well. Uh, their game this weekend obviously was called off. But um, they have, I suppose, a winner-takes-all battle now against Wexford to avoid the relegation playoff uh, next weekend. And then Limerick, look, absolutely delighted for Limerick. Um, it was a big, big win. They were slow to get going, but they really finished strongly. Um, so I'm just delighted for Declan Nash, Darrow Grady. They kind of took it over last year when things weren't going too well in the camp and steadied the ship and they got their just rewards. First ever quarter final since the new format changed. Um, I suppose look, I've been involved in Limerick down for the years. There's a lot of people who that win will mean a lot to, like to Kevin Costello, Willie Banks, Rose McMahon, Sean Condon, Liz Hennessy, all these people behind the scenes in Limerick who put in massive, massive work when nobody else wanted to do it. And Joe Quaid as well. You know, all these people who just took it to a different level and look I'm just delighted for all them Neve McCaggy had 11 points as well um, she should have been nominated for an All-Star awarded an All-Star a long long time ago hopefully they'll give a good account of themselves the knockout stages we know the All-Star selectors already care about anything until the quarter yeah. um, and that she'll be she'll be up there for uh, for a position in the forwards the All-Stars as well just, I just absolutely delighted for them look, they have two games left in that group now against Galway and against Kilkenny, and like they, that's the best preparation they can get for the for the quarterfinals. They'll be hoping, I suppose, to, to finish second in the group and maybe get a perceived easier quarterfinal. Um, it's looking like they're going to end up playing Tipperary um, or Waterford. Um, so yeah, look, just absolutely delighted for Limerick and um, fair play to, as I said, to, to Declan and Dara and the boys there. It's just doing do a savage job, and all the words you hear coming back to the Limerick camp at the moment is just positive stuff. That they're really enjoying it. The great mood in the camp, putting huge work in there. Um, so fair play to them. Yeah, we'll then move on to the intermediate in Group One: Dublin two fourteen, Kildare eleven, and Galway one eleven, Cork one eight. The Westmead Antrim match was abandoned, and both teams wanted to play the game, continue on with it, but unfortunately, rules are rules, and the game had to be abandoned. Yeah, the rule is uh, if there's a delay of more than fifteen minutes. Um, that the game has to be called off um, and look I do see why I mean it's very difficult because you have been stopped for a long mm. time to get going again and so if you've been standing around and the other side of it has been and Antrim had come all the way down to Mullingar yeah. uh, or Kinnegad it was on and you know the expense of that and what's going to happen now the refixture and cost and so okay rules are rules and that's fine but when both teams want to play on surely common sense comes into it the referee uh, it was actually Colin McAllister the hurling referee was happy enough he'd travelled all the way up from Cork for it um, and it just seems like a bizarre decision on the day uh, feedback from Johnny actually on Colin McAllister I think they had Justin Heffernan this week as well the hurling referee said it was absolutely superb just the difference just let it flow let it play away like a hurling match wasn't a bad stroke in the game and just really made a spectacle out of, the, out of both games um, and look that's what you want you know like we can campaign for rule changes and stuff like that but the referees just take it upon themselves to let the game flow a little bit so there wouldn't be any need for rule changes just let them play away you know um, I think you can see the results of it, but it's a real positive move like Colin McAllister in my eyes is a top top referee he didn't make the Lee McCarthy panel this year for, for the referees and he's back with the, into the camogie you know giving a hand I think that's superb 
fair play to Cahill and look, the more more hurling referees that come across, I think the better it is for the game. Yeah, because that said, Leeds was brilliant in the Offaly or in the in the Waterford Kip game as well. I thought and left the flow as well. So look, not against the current Camogie referees either, but it is great to see it coming in. You know? Yeah, because players want the game to to flow and I remember Carol O'Leary was telling us about the different changes and a lot of them would like to see some of the changes from hurling you know being adapted into Camogie and letting the game as we said flow and as you said the hurling referees they kind of know what what the the players want themselves yeah exactly you know look we can be negative enough at times, but I suppose that's a positive thing I think maybe the one pity about the water kit game I watched it on the stream uh, Little Woods um, had on like, there's only maybe 100 people watching it but I think like, the Women's World Cup has shown this week that if you put it out there people will watch it like I've never seen so many people talking about uh, women's soccer Joy, there's like even going down to the local there the other night the sun was shining the games were on the telly there was a, bit, there was a proper World Cup buzz around you know, all that buzz you get from mm. the World Cup on and Everyone's talking about Chile and Nicaragua and teams I've never heard of for three years and eleven months of the year, and there's that buzz around the around the, the women's World Cup at the moment. It's just such a shame that there isn't some sort of a deal done, whether it's with RTE or uh, or with TG Cahar or Air to just get all these group games on terrestrial telly, put them out there, and if you put them, or even do a roundup, Sully. Do a roundup on the games, even you know something yeah, simple. Yeah, I suppose the Sunday game. I've noticed the Sunday game coverage. Yes. Is better this year, and that they're they're doing a bit more of a roundup and stuff like that. It's still, in my eyes, a little bit tokenistic. Yeah. Um, and I do know in the background that the Camogie Association are paying RTE to do that, and not the other way around. Now, I could be wrong if the Camogie Association want to contact us and correct me on that, but I have heard on the great point that that's the reality is that they're actually paying RTE to put the game out there. So. It's, it's almost like a marketing uh, yeah. spin from the Camogie Association, but look, you know, I, I'd sit down and watch the likes of that water tip game any day of the week. It was just a superb contest, and you know, I think it'd be good for the for the profile of Camogie and good for the, I suppose, the the perception of the game in the mainstream media if, the, if these things were put out there. The twenty by twenty campaign is on now. Joe can't can't see can't see, and it, it, that really is true. Like you just need to get it out there and and. and uh, off maybe be a little bit smarter with their with their commercialism I suppose and the thing about it is don't say oh sure look at what girls can do just say this is athletes you know give them their proper exactly. title it's not you know female yeah, players 100%. or women no 100% you know like I've no real interest in soccer being honest yeah, I'm a bit of a closet Liverpool fan but um, I know you come out of the closet now after yeah. the Champions League <laughs> yeah exactly but uh, yeah so like, I watched the World Cup the Women's World Cup as, as an event you know, it doesn't matter whether it's women playing or men playing. It's the fact that you get to know the characters. You know, mm. the American team were, I suppose, controversial that, but I like the Alex Morgan and these. Yep. Actually, once you learn about the characters, it doesn't really matter whether they're male or female. Once there's some sort of a, I suppose, a story to go with the game, you start getting interested in it. You try, you want to see how they're doing. And it's not Phil Neville over the English team and yes. the background story of that and how are they doing and. Like you just start to, you just start to get it. Exposed. Then England missing a penalty in a World Cup. <laughs> you know how how I, and how Irish are we that we we kind of celebrate it? <laughs> exactly. So that's great. Like it didn't matter whether it was men or women. Yeah, we still yeah. in a World Cup. You know, I think that's a real step forward. And uh, I suppose the next thing now, I, I know, I suppose Camogie's in the mainstream when I start uh, when I start uh, being happy for 
teams losing that I like to see losing in the hurling as well. I'm not going to mention any team names or anything about that, but uh, yeah, no, the, the coverage of the, of the soccer has been brilliant. You know, and it's actually a shame that it's over now. But, um, it was a real, real step forward for uh, for women's sports. I think it's not. Yeah, we then uh, moved to the junior camogie in Group Two. Carry eleven points, Limerick won five, and then Offaly two ten, Waterford one eleven. Yeah, um, it's fair. I suppose uh, Kerry are the team that should win this competition. Mm. Really, it's a really unusual story that they all kind of play for the same club, but it's basically their club team wearing Kerry jerseys. And I know Ian Brick has gone in over them there. They had their own, I suppose, uh, political issues to, to put a what's the better word on it there to start the year. Look, there's some great players like uh, it's a real uh, top quality Ashburn Cup players like Sarah Murphy would have been a big player in the Ashburn Cup for UL a number of years ago Patrice Diggins is as good as anything that's out there a real top class Ashburn Cup performer for UL over the years as well uh, with Jackie Horgan there in our panel as well like Limerick were very competitive the Limerick have two separate panels there's no crossover they're one of the few counties who don't have a crossover between mm. their first and second teams um, so like to, for them to be that competitive is, is, is really good as well Um but yeah, look, the junior championship I think is there for Kerry's to lose. Really, they've good management, good players, um, and they'll be expecting to go up the steps in September, I suppose. And the weekend in the senior senior championship, Group Two, Tipperary, another good win, two twelve, Clare one seven, and then Cork as usual, two twenty, Dublin nine points. Clare though battled hard in that game with Tipperary. They did. They battled very hard. I think they show all the signs of a young team that are yeah. kind of finding their feet. Um, at this level, like there's no doubt about it, it's probably harder in the camogie again because the step up from minor to senior is yeah. massive. Um, at least in the in the men's, you you have that under twenty grade that kind of bridges the gap a little bit. And um, but yeah, look, I've said it before, Clare have a lot of players playing at a high level in the Ashburn Cup. Um, they missed Ifa Keenish and he came on as a sub. Uh, Kira Grogan was out through injury as well. Uh, two of the best defenders in the game and they really missed those and Claire Heher was really really impressive in the heart of the Claire defence and look they tried hard they were lacking a bit of punch up front I suppose uh, Chloe Morey was back um, back playing for them but they, maybe lacking that bit of firepower uh, Dre O'Keefe said the forward for them she does play kind of a deep lying more uh, almost a centre forward role going back uh, but Kip were very very impressive and I suppose the two wins under their best last seven days under Neve Lillis the new manager yeah. Look, it really looked like a team who's kind of got a boost in energy from having a different voice in the dressing room. Uh, caught the van was very, very good again. Maud Ryan gave an absolute exhibition uh, in defence, and I suppose like they, they did their best to free her up at times. Claire dropped playing quite defensively, and like you don't want a player like Maud Ryan on the ball because she's so so accurate uh, coming out of defence. It's just picking off passes, driving tip on. Um, but look, they're really, really starting to come together. They have a lot of talent. They did it without Orla Dwyer was out injured. They did it for a lot of the game without Karen Kennedy who went off injured. Um, but they have a real athletic midfield. Megan Ryan, Arena Friday, just up and down the field. And look, caught the van as a series forward. Irish McDonald chipped in with 2-2 as well. She would have been on our Ashburn Cup panel um, and team this year in UL as well. So they have all the quality. And look, if they keep going in the right direction, they'll definitely fancy their chances of being there thereabouts again uh, so the start of the year we tipped them to get to the last four and yep. it's looking more likely you now that that will happen you know and obviously Cork doing what Cork do best Dublin just haven't fired at all this year have they I mean no. they have a lot of good players I, I don't know you had question marks over them at the start though didn't you yeah look I don't I never rated them I suppose <laughs> I don't mean that in a harsh way 
Um, Being honest. I've seen them a couple of times. It's just an honest appraisal of them. You know, we would have seen them training quite a bit, and I suppose uh, over the years, as you as you get more and more experience in coaching, you can learn a lot from watching a team's training sessions over over a period of time. They used to train on the pitch beside us in Abbottstown. You know, Frank might turn around and say that he saw us training, and he knew Cork was going to beat us by thirty points as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, they have a lot of good individual players, but they just don't seem to be firing. No, look, you never judge anyone on getting hammered by Cork because yeah. they're just a class outfit. Uh, they've just quality all over the field. Uh, Gemma O'Connor down the middle uh, Chloe Sigerson, Libby Coppinger just top top performers and look Linda Collins and Amy O'Connor are really really firing um, for them this year um, we talked about Linda Collins on the on the podcast before used to have her Ashburn and Mary Eye and look she always had that eye for goal and she's so so dangerous uh, around the square look they're motoring away nicely now aren't they and they're top of the table and they're, they're going to take the direct route into the into the semi final and look Cork or Cork they're going to be they're going to be there there. Then we had the Waterford Meath game. Just talking to Ray Gavin, he's trying to do his best with Meath. He's just trying to get the best out of them. Like as you said about Dublin, like Dublin have some very good individual players, and I suppose with Meath as well, that's the big thing for Ray. And it's a massive step up as well. Then when you're playing some of the the top teams, it is. Look. Um they ran into a Watford team as well who are just really hitting top form. Like they've played nearly four games, I suppose, because obviously we, we talked before about their game with Tipperary. It was, it was called off quite late into the game. Um, look, they got hit for five goals. Uh, Carton got two. Andy Fitzgerald got two. Um, you know, you'll have a lot of people who were coaching you well in that and they say, oh, I don't know, yeah, like, Joy, they think Betts is, is kind of one dimensional kind of player and they can mark her in that and wondering what they're talking about like she's just performed day after day after day after day and we mentioned earlier on there like she's just nailed on to be in the All-Star team again this year just the performance she's putting in but the key for Watford this year is that everybody else around her is stepping up Neve Rocket is having a season of her career she won two again um, on Sunday and young Annie Fitzgerald the, the, the last year's minor uh, two goals and like, she's a real up and coming star there from the from the St Angeles production line as well the, the top class schools there they have a lot of good forwards I see Fiona Morrissey back there as well she captained the Ashford team me and Mary I one year a real leader a real big physical player um, and Trish Jackman is back in the heart of the defence and look they're just moulding into a really really classy outfit you know I suppose they're a little bit unlucky now they're probably likely to finish third in the group the way the fixtures are working out which would probably mean they're going to end up playing Galway and if, I suppose that game had gone on in the rag and they had beaten Tipperary they would have had a quarter final against Limerick which would have, they would have seen as a, a very winnable game I suppose so they're a little bit unlucky but they're not going to fear Galway and Donald have his homework done on them when it comes to it but yeah they're really really flying at the moment so yeah, they're, they're the I suppose I would say they're the surprise package mm-hmm. of the year because we did tip them to get out of the group um, but they're performing at a level higher than I suppose a lot of people would have thought they were capable of outside of their own camp you know? I think though last year, because sometimes with counties, you know, you could have a good year, you can make the breakthrough, and then the following year you might be able to live up to the hype, or you might be able to live to live up to the the aims or that you've set yourselves. Whereas yeah. Waterford have done that, which is great to see. They've kind of continued on. They have, and like, I suppose a few small things can really derail a season. You know, like like if you're talking about a small pool of players. Um, you know, with the likes of Waterford, we had it in Limerick as well. You know, all it takes is a couple of players to go in a J one, or yeah. you know, someone to move away for work or whatever. And if you're, you know, if you lose three or four players, it 
could be a, a, an actually a, a season-changing thing. You know, whereas I suppose Cork there flying, you know, Ashley Thompson isn't playing with them, but it doesn't really matter. They just have the players to fill in, you know, or Galway can play without key players, Jolly play without Neil Kilkenny there one weekend, and just sliding Kira Murphy and away you go, and it makes no difference, you know. So, like, but I suppose the key thing for Don Lisher is he's held on to everyone and added players. And that is the dream scenario. Like, if you can have a good year and add in fresh new talent, that is just, that is where you want to be as a coach or as a manager. And that's the situation they're in, you know. Look, I do feel sorry for Ray Gavin. We've been in that position before. Yeah. We are trying to make the step up from intermediate to senior. And it takes years. It's just played at a different pace, different level. Um, and his challenge now would be to keep everybody there and, like Watford, try and add new talent to it. Because if you have a high turnover of players, you're just starting from scratch. It's started every year and it's very difficult. Right, we then move on to the intermediate. In Group 1, Cork 3.14, Dublin 6 points, Antrim 3.17, Kildare 2.5, and another good win for Westmeath and Johnny Greville. Westmeath 2.15, Kilkenny 1.11. Yeah, uh, Johnny was delighted with that win. Uh, he said it was their best performance in four years when I was chanting yesterday. Um, that's a highly rated Kilkenny team. We've mentioned mm-hmm. before, they have a lot of the players that won the... Uh, intermediate are learning in 2016 and they have a lot of the DCU Ashburn team they got, they got to their first Ashburn semi-final this year Westmead were absolutely re- flying on Saturday they just hurled out their skins and Kikini only got the goal in the last minute as well so it was actually a comprehensive um, win that intermediate is tough there's seven teams mm. in their group only two go through out of it so they have to, they have to play uh, Cork now as well um, so they have a couple of big games coming down the line um, but yeah, they're after blowing their after blowing that group wide open again with that win um, on Saturday. You know, so fair play to them. Like, I suppose it needs to mention as well, Cork. Cork won that intermediate last year and are going out with a brand new team this year and are absolutely flying as well. Something else. And like that's a serious achievement. Like it just shows the strength and depth that they have down there. Um, I don't think it's ever been done that uh, a county has won the intermediate two years in a row with two different teams. Um, that would be just a phenomenal achievement if they do that um, and join something that might fly under the radar like this. but yeah we'll be keeping an eye on them if they do pull that off that would be John, hats off to them that would be fantastic In group 2 then down 4.27 Carlo 5 points Leash 1.11 Tipperary 16 points and then Derry 2.13 Wexford 8 points Yeah um Good, good performance there from Derry. I know they had their own struggles. Uh, I think they got a couple of players in from outside. Uh, they got one of the slot Neil players in, uh, just from Antrum. Name slips off top of the tongue now, but um, they seem to have pulled it back together. Wexford, I suppose, uh, for a long time people were saying that the Wexford intermediate team was better than their senior team with the kind of the going ons in the camp, but they seem to have faded away a little bit. Uh, good win for Tipperary as well. Obviously, they would have been affected by uh, Bill Milani's uh, stepping down as manager mm. as well. Um, so they, they've kind of kept things sticking along there. They're obviously the Division Two League champions as well. Um, and look, Carlow are another team that are kind of struggling with that step up. In the, like they just don't have the pool of players. They're pulling from a small number of clubs, the same as their senior hurlers. Um, they have some really, really good players there in the Nolans and the likes of those, but just struggling with that step up. And so you know, it's difficult for for them. They'll probably end up back down junior again maybe at some stage and be a little bit more competitive but um, yeah so the intermediate is kind of shaken up it's hard to know who's going to win it really there's a lot a lot of good teams intermediate it's probably one of the most competitive uh, intermediate championships mm-hmm. that are out there in a long time there's no standout uh, contenders for it at the moment so that'll be a really interesting championship to keep an eye on and then speaking of the junior Roscommon 2-8 Clare 13 points a one point win for the Rossies 
and Armagh good win over their Ulster rivals. Armagh four eighteen, Tyrone eight points. Yeah, it was a good win for us, Common. That's a decent clear side. Mm. Um, they have a lot of uh, a lot of players coming through from their minor teams that were in our Ireland finals and Munster finals and stuff there the last couple of years and coming through the school system with Slattens and a few of their players. Alex uh, like the Power and these would have played with uh, played with the UL Ashburn team and stuff like that. So it's a really good win for us, Common. Um, again, I, I still think, as we said earlier, I think Kerry are the team to beat in that um, in that junior championship. You know, if they if they keep yeah. everything on track, um, they had the experience of being in Croker last year and stuff as well. But yeah, there's a lot of good performance going in there. The junior, um, be interesting to see how it, how it pans out. And obviously, we had games that were cancelled due to an outbreak of gastroenteritis. Yeah, it's been a bizarre year in the Camogie Championship, I think. Like, uh, there's never seen so many incidents. Uh, I can't ever remember a manager stepping down halfway through a championship campaign, uh, like Bill had to do for, for health reasons in Tipperary. Um, there's two games postponed in Tip for match, five minutes to go, the Antrim will sneak game in the intermediate. And then this, the, like, I don't know why I'm laughing because it's obviously very serious for the girls to pick up the illness, but it's just another bizarre incident again. Um, Wexford, Wexford played Limerick and Coke and Finney and um, like the junior game was between Kerry and Limerick um, and the drinking water caused the breakout of gastroenteritis and it's just another thing I was like what's going to happen next in the Camogie Championship it's just it's, it's, like, it's what's around the corner now you know it's just wait to see what happens but look the Coke and Finney club have been a really good supporters of Limerick Camogie they've always made their made their venues available and stuff like that so I do feel a bit sorry for them because they've got a bit of I suppose unwanted publicity yeah. kind of negatives nobody's, nobody's blaming them yeah. so just to put that out there you know that like they have been real good uh, supporters in Limerick Camogie and I think they'll be a little bit embarrassed by this week but look they're not to blame it's obviously an environmental issue there but it's unfortunate I suppose Offaly will feel um, obviously the illness will have an effect on players but Wexford seem to be kind of getting their act together now mm. and I think maybe Offaly might have wanted to play them last Saturday and get them while they're still only getting their act together with another two weeks training behind them and a kind of a solid performance against Limerick under their belts. Wexford might just fancy their chances of turning over Offaly this weekend though um, with that extra break as long as I've said obviously the, the illnesses haven't affected, uh, haven't affected their training too much. You know? Speaking of Wexford and obviously we spoke about hurling referees now in Camogie, Magnus Darcy. You know, a while ago, Philly McMahon said in football that he could never see a female going in there and, and coaching at the top level. Well, Mags has done it, Kamogi, in hurling. She's part of Davy yeah. Fitz's backroom team, goalkeeper coach, and it's fantastic to see that. Yeah, um, I actually remember back when I was coming up through ranks underage and stuff like that, a woman called Bridget Downs uh, was actually a well-known female coach of hurling in Limerick. Um, were quite successful. Her son Jer, who would have worked with in the past, has actually managed the our coach the UL Freshers to win the the Fresher All Ireland hurling this year. Um, so it's not an unusual phenomenon, I suppose. It's like anything. Is there how many females are trying to get into men's coaching? You know, like it's it's kind of a I suppose it comes to self fulfilling prophecy. It's not like there's hundreds trying, as far as I can see, and all of them getting turned away. So. It's an unusual one, but like it's like fair play to to Mags Darcy. Like I don't think she should be viewed as a female coach. She's a coach. She's she has yeah. to be female. She's a she's a Leinster Championship winning coach now. Like so Fiona McHale, um, who plays the O'Connor Cup at UL, she's up in in um, in Mayo. I think coaching Clare Morris yeah. or one of the top. I could be wrong with the club now, but it's one of the top top uh, club teams. 
um, in Mayo, like in our own setup in UL, like caught the van, does the, does a lot of the coaching. And uh, Neve Ryan, Sheila Moynihan are involved as well. Like there's top class female coaches out there. Look, there's a lot of so I find though, there, Sully, uh, at a club level, that's where it is. There's still that, you know, a lot of guys won't allow or kind of are wondering about the, the female coming in. On their yeah. on their patch, I've noticed that. I don't think it's an anti, it's an anti female. Thing. No, it's, it's, it's become an a bit weary. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. No, I've noticed. Look, I coached in Clare for the last couple of years there in the club scene, and like I couldn't get over after say after the first twelve months. Then you see in the Clare chant and whatever the new manager teams for all the clubs, and it's the same guys who are just with different clubs. Yeah. And there's like there's a circuit there of all these old guys that have the whole thing wrapped up and kind of nod and wink and yeah, I take this code new to you know, mm. It's kind of it's it's hard for young coaches to break through. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It's hard for young coaches to break through. I do think there is a bit of that sexism out there where your old time males in GA clubs and counties will look at a female coach and think she's not as good as a male coach based on gender I do think that exists there's no doubt about it but I think it's hard for young coaches to break through full stop but like I'd be with the Ashburn again you know, next year if I went down and took the Fitzgibbon Cup team I'd have no problem bringing the whole management team on block across and doing that and I think they would be perfectly capable of, of operating at that level and you know, I think the players would respect them it's about the message you're bringing it's about the changes in performance you bring along it doesn't matter what your gender is. Players are smart these days. If they can see that you can help them, it doesn't matter what your age is, what your gender is, they'll buy into it. You know, so I think it's going to become a more and more common thing. But the other side of it is, you know, how many females want to get into it. So I wouldn't worry about the number of females involved. I'd be more worried about the percentage of females that want to get into it mm. uh, versus the ones that can't. <laughs> I suppose if that makes any sense, you know. Um, yeah, look, I know myself as a manager, I wouldn't have any problem. As long as the coach is capable, to me, it doesn't matter what your gender is, what your background is, um, as long as you can do the job, you know. So, we're heading into the last two rounds of games. Psychic Sully, what do you predict? Yeah. <laughs> look, it's interesting. I suppose the groups are shaping up probably fairly close to what we thought. Mm. Uh, group 1, Kilkenny have 3 from 3. They're on 9 points. Uh, they've obviously already played Galway. Um, so it's looking like you like they'll top the group there and go straight through. Group two looks like Cork going to top the group. Um, Limerick and Galway are guaranteed to qualify um, pretty much uh, in group one as well. And it's looking like Watford and Tip will qualify out of group two. Um, I suppose next weekend's games will will tell a lot. Um, Cork are home to Meath. That's not really going to have any bearing the outcome of the championship. You'd expect Cork to win there in group two. Tip Dublin game if Tip can win they'll go to 9 points it means Dublin can't catch them Watford at home to Clare if they win they'll go to 9 points as well um, which means that uh, Dublin or Clare can't catch them either so they're two big games in that group in group 1 um, obviously Westford really is a relegation battle next weekend uh, Galway and Limerick will decide who finishes in second place in the group so it is still looking like how we predicted that it will be um, a Galway-Watford quarter final on one side and Tip Limerick on the other side um, and they'd be two really interesting games like Walford would really fancy a crack off Galway they're yeah. just a really young confident side at the moment and look Limerick will have the shackles off they always say better when there's no real expectation of them having got that monkey off the back no just trying to get out of the group and making the knuckle stage for the first time that would be a real cracking game Limerick and Tip um, with Cork and Kikini waiting the winners of those two games in the in the semi-final so that looks like how it's shaping up you know you know, when you're even just talking about those games, you've got this uh, sense of anticipation, don't you really? 
Yeah, look, the the Camogie Championship, I suppose, um, is really shaping up, and you're kind of rubbing your hands together. You're just waiting for the big teams to collide in the knockout stages and just see what happens. And yeah, I think you probably guessed my voice. There's a real sense of anticipation there to see what's coming down the lines. And um, but look, that that comes every year. It's just the skill levels are getting higher. We've talked about this before. The conditioning levels are higher. Just from an entertainment point of view, and as a as a package. It's just Camogie has never been in a better place, you know. And look, we're not going to keep rehashing it. They need to sell it a little bit better and put it out there. But look, if it's the same as last year, and I haven't done my research on this, so I put my hands up. But they did show the quarterfinal, semi-finals, and final live on RT last year. So I hope that's the same again this year. And um, there's no doubt that people will buy into it and watch it if it's on, you know. Yeah, because group games are grand, you know, and it's kind of maybe some teams kind of finding their feet. But when it does get to uh, knockout, when it gets to quarterfinals, and that's when the real hard hits are going in, and that's when we see who really wants it. Yeah, look, when it's back to the wall, as we talked about a lot of players over the, la- over the last couple of weeks, like Linda Collins, Scott Devan, Maul Ryan, Ben Carton, you know, uh, Amy O'Connor, all these players, uh, Jem O'Connor, like, it's when the chips are down and the backs are the yes. wall. That's what makes them so great. They're still the ones that are going to do it for their county. So they're, they're the ones that always step up on the big game. You know, you'd often hear about a player, what's he like? Uh, you know, if you're up four points, he'll put you up eight points. You know, he's kind of a, what's you're going well, he'll chip in or whatever. But, you know, the real great players are the ones that go to the well every time, you know, when you really, really need it. And all those players you mentioned there like that, and when they start colliding in the knockout stage of the championship, you want to be there front row, front and centre, you know, watching these. You know. If I didn't give any predictions for next weekend games, I kind of I kind of dodged your question there. But I suppose group one, Offaly Wexford, as you said, is a relegation battle. It's a straight shootout. Whether the relegation makes any difference in the senior championship or not, like there hasn't been relegation in a long, long time mm. because the um, a lot of the time the second team wins the yeah. championship, but they can't come up. Um, and for some reason, when Mead won it, nobody went down, um, as far as I can see. Um, so whether it matters or not, I don't know. I suppose from a, a progress point of view or from a trying to build for next year point of view, it's their last chance. It's Offaly's last chance to get some points on the board. Wexford's last game is at home to Galway, which is a daunting enough task. So both teams will see it as their last chance to get three points on the board. I was impressed with Offaly's improvement um, in performance last weekend. And I think they will have enough in the tank um, to get over the line. They're due to get Becky Bryant back. We spoke about her suspension from the minor championship before. Um, and they'd be hoping to have Siobhan Flannery sit maybe as well. Um, and Michaela Markham back and like they're three huge players if they get those three back um, I think they'll have enough to beat Wexford Galway Limerick and Athenry on Sunday real interesting game um, Limerick have a mixed record against Galway um, at senior level uh, 2014 and 15 uh, they would have beaten Galway in the league um, and drawn with them in the league uh, but in 2015 the championship took quite a heavy beating from them and it's gone back a couple of years took a big beating off them in the league semi-final this year as well so Tim and, and Dara are shrewd guys they'll have, they'll have gone through that, that tape of that match forensically and tried to identify the threats in Galway but I suppose the problem with Galway is like, where do you start you know they have threats all over the field they're just such a, a, a really top class side and a real potent uh, forward line and look they're very hard to beat up beat up in Athens right um, and I think they'll have they'll have too much for Limerick there, you know. Um, group two, Corky Mead, poor Ray, you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> against Waterford at the weekend, and look, I've been there, Ray. If you're listening, tough when you're when you're with a team that maybe is trying to make that step up, and you're just trying to look for positive. 
performances and, and, and perform again and just keep putting up performances down to Cork to play Cork there's no doubt that Cork away in the championship is the toughest game you know there's no game tougher than that um, and look that that could be a big big score down there um, for Cork you know whether Paddy will use it as a chance to give to give players to run out or not I don't know I know their attitude down there kind of is that you don't get given a soft championship jersey you have to earn it and they yeah. don't just put people in to give them uh, to give them uh, game time so yeah it could be a daunting one for me uh, Tip Dublin the tip have just hit a day in a form I suppose the worrying thing for them is that they've been starting games and starting halves really well um, they shot out of the traps against Clare the weekend and again after half time and then faded both times they did the same last weekend against Waterford you know is it a conditioning issue I don't think so they, they look as fit as anyone else maybe it's a, a I suppose a mental issue or they just staying focused enough for the whole game they look like a team that if they do concentrate for the full 60 minutes and manage to give a consistent performance over 60 minutes, they could really turn it on someday and Dublin will be hoping that it's not Saturday. Um, because I think Tip will have too much there. And the last game, the group, Watford versus Clare. It said earlier, Clare improving all the time. Um, they've got some really good young players. But going down to Watford now, down to Walsh Park, to face a, a Watford team in fine, fine form, that is a massive task and I think Watford left too much from on, on Saturday. Before you go, Sully, um, we need to get your nominations for the last two weekends for Player of the Week. Yeah, I suppose week before last, we've talked about it already, Watford tip game uh, came down to two of the country's best forwards, I suppose, Beth Carton caught the band. Um, not doing any of the rest of the players this service, but it really just was a battle between those two to see who was going to haul their team over the line first. Uh, caught obviously got tip over the line first so the two of them are the two nominees there and Neve McCahey hitting 11 points again for Limerick she does it so regularly in Limerick that we almost kind of take it for granted it's like what did Neve score today what did Mull score today you know 12 points oh yeah again 11 points you know it's just like she's top scoring the championship and so I don't know does she get the credit she deserves but now that they're into knockout stages maybe she will but um, yeah so those three players were the nominees and I suppose the deciding factor is the significance of the Limerick win that puts them in the quarter final for the first time and a bit of local bias of course uh, I'm going to give it to all this week so yeah clear the week for that that weekend is Neil McKay um, this weekend uh, I suppose Mary Ryan while Ryan was absolutely outstanding for Tipperary um, just a real leader driving the team forward that bit of grit and determination so catch a game with a scuff of the neck when, when it really matters um, was really really good um Beth Carson was excellent um, for uh, for Waterford as well um, and Linda Collins was really really good for Cork um, but I suppose because Beth got nominated both weekends I suppose it's, it's only fair to give it to her this weekend so yeah player of the week uh, this week will be Beth Carton for Waterford So congratulations to Neve Mulcahy and Beth Carton our players of the week for the last two weekends listen Sully thanks as ever for the chat uh, we look forward to seeing how your predictions go and how the games pan out in the next few weeks. So until then, slong a fall.